So I have a type A personality. I'm somebody who can't sit still, even though I'm sitting still, Walt. Welcome to the PM Mastery Podcast. This podcast is all about helping you master your project management skills by sharing tips, tricks, tools, and training to get you to the next level while sharing the stories of other project managers on their journey in project management. And now, here's your host, Walt Sparling. Welcome, everybody, to the current edition of PM Mastery. And today, I have with me Jeremiah Hammond. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Walt. I'm glad to be here. Hello, everyone. Good to have you here. So Jeremiah is a program manager, and I'm going to give him the opportunity to explain what that means. Okay, so basically, I am a program manager at Vigor Works, which is a company here in Portland, Oregon, that works in complex fabrication, aerospace, GMD, nuclear, and maritime. And I work under, I work over the program for complex fabrication, um, being commercial and nuclear. And what that is, is that's a series of projects that I am, I'm the leader of a series of projects within that division that all fall under that department. So I have multiple nuclear projects that are under the nuclear umbrella and uh, multiple, um, projects under the complex fabrication that are under the commercial division. And so those are bridges. When you think complex fabrication, you think of bridges and hydroelectric and, you know, uh, dams, things like that, structural. And when you think about nuclear, we we deal in mostly like, you know, stainless structures and creating uh, things for the AP-1000. When I say things, I mean, we create um, um, modules for the AP-1000 for Westinghouse building. It's pretty cool stuff. And they're basically concrete forms. We don't do any of the super technical, you know, nuclear reactors or anything like that. Um yeah, so it's a it's a fun job. It's interesting, and I'm a job shop, so every project is different, um, and fun and exciting. And I manage the people managing the projects. So that sounds pretty exciting. A lot of variety there. Yeah, it's fun. And so we know what you do now. Why is it that you do this particular job? What draws you to it? Ooh, uh, the variety. It's um so I have a type A personality. I'm somebody who can't sit still, even though I'm sitting still, Walt. Um <laughs> I like to I, I like solving complex problems. And I found and I like and I like and another thing is I like I like I like to inspire and work with people. And I say that because being in my position, I get to work with people um and I get to understand the true, you know, complexity behind teams. And I get to understand the complexity behind getting teams to take action with each other. I'm a big fan of, you know, communication and working with people and helping find purpose and goals and things like that. And so uh, being a program manager was was uh, something I stepped into because it was it was a little different because you get to actually really mentor project managers, right? So and when I'm when I was acting as a project manager, I was more working with the teams, like we say, you know, project managers, they don't, they don't have, they don't have control. They just influence. And so you really learn the art of influence um, as a project manager, because like the shared resource model, but when you're working with, you know, on program management, I get a little bit more, um, I'm able to take all of those lessons learned as the project manager and then teach other project managers 
how to actually, you know, coordinate action, inspire people and approach a job differently than what I've seen other project managers do. Um, do you mind if I go a little bit in depth on that? No, absolutely. So it's when I, when I started working projects, you know, the first thing that we did was we got in there and it's, you think about the triple constraint of project management, scope, schedule, cost, right? And you get in there and, and you, you're taught to just go in and we, you know, scope, schedule, cost, and we drive it. And we're, we're drivers, we're type A personalities. And if I have a schedule and I have a budget and I have these things, everybody must hit it. And so I found that working with other project managers, you know, we were always trying to, to get things done, but we'd have a hard time doing it because we were a little bit more demanding. You see that people are like, I just need you to do this. And it was like, I need you to do it now. And you couldn't really coordinate or influence people to take that action because you're being more controlling. If you talk about leadership or leadership styles, being more, you know, directive or commanding and less supportive democratic. And so being more of a dissonant leader. And I've seen a lot of project managers who had that tunnel vision of, Hey, I just got to get stuff done, get it done. And I started, and I, and even, and in pace setting leaderships, another one where we have like tight schedules and we have to go in and really get something done. And, and we, we have a type A personality, like a mindset to just drive that we don't realize that we, you know, we don't realize and understand and appreciate the teams we're working with. And, and I'm not saying it's about everybody. I'm just saying I've seen this a lot in the industry. And, um, by not understanding and appreciating people and this, you know, we just kind of plow through it and we don't realize what kind of stress that's causing people, how that affects them personally, physically, mentally, all of those things happen in project management when you're working at this high output that a lot of us run. And so we'll run ourselves into the dirt as doers and go-getters and we'll take everybody with us, right? And so I, I've realized that I've been doing this, you know, 12, 13 years, but I've been in the industry for a lot longer, but project manager title, going on 11, 12 years, right? And then program manager one. And so um, as I started seeing that, I started really thinking, I was I was working this job. I'm working in it's government, government missile defense and we're standing up this team. And I'm talking boilerplate. We had three months to kick off a project. We had to get the QMS together, which is our quality management system. We had to get that. We had to basically dust that off and get it approved. We had to stand up the whole division because it was dormant for seven or eight years. So we had to re-kick off this project and we had to bring in a whole new group of people to work with us at this company. We So we had none of that, of that. It was all based on tribal knowledge and a couple of experienced PMs with the company, which is very complex. Um, and the, the, uh, the equipment was very complex and the systems were very complex. And we had to bring in all of these people brand new, which added a whole level of complexity. And we all had to run it down in a very short timeline. And what I realized watching this, and this is one of my biggest like epiphanies was that we were going to kill people doing this and and by not having the proper leadership and and and, come, and approaching it with a different mentality people aren't inspired and you really so you you're already getting people who are you know they're they're operating at like two thirds their capacity and then you're squashing them and they're not feeling good and there's they lack confidence and they go through the stages of development and a lot of them quit and you have a high turnaround so i started saying to myself well what's a better way to do this and so i realized the importance of leadership and if you're looking at pmi right now and you're really like, like PMI speaks a lot. When you look at the pin, uh, this, you know, Pinbox seventh, the seventh edition right now, you know, they, they do talk a lot more about leadership and they've always talked about it, but it's like, you know, emotional intelligence is a big thing. And it is, it is super, super mm-hmm. important for a project manager to have emotional intelligence. And as I started really realizing, well, how do I, how do I help people? How do I coordinate action? How do I do these things? Because I'm not getting, if if we're pace setting and we're driving people to extinction, 
How do we actually inspire people to be better? How do I get 100%? How do I get people to walk in the room and they're pumped to be there knowing that, hey, this job's pretty cool and we're working it. We have to do the paperwork. We got to do the stuff, but they're amped because their team's amped. The vibe is there. The culture's there and they come in and they want to be there. And so I really started, you know, figuring out how to do that. And that's where my, my, my mind shift was, you know, well, you've got to really learn what the true essence of leadership is. And so I've put a lot of work behind understanding leadership and project management and not just like, um, like it's not a title. I don't believe it's a title. I believe it's, it's a complete lifestyle. It's, it's how you live. It's how you, if we can adopt the characteristics of what they say a good leader is, we can then, um, we can, it, it, the way it transcends into our personal life and who we become as a person and you start being that person, the doors open up in life for everything. You, you end up with more growth and contribution and you go into that different level of consciousness than if you were just, and I, I don't like, I lose the, I use the term management loosely because I actually believe we do all of them. We manage, we lead and we follow, right? But you, you get out of that, just that managing mentality and you get into that more inspiring mentality to inspire people to be better and do their best. And that's really powerful. So leadership to me and why I'm doing program management, very long winded, I know, but there's a lot of, I'm a lot of information there, um, is, is about really connecting with people to get them to coordinate action willingly to innovate, to create, to, to motivate themselves to collaborate with each other. And I've spent a lot of time working on that. And I stepped into program management, um, to be able to take those lessons and train project managers to be more inspired, um, to be more inspired and inspiring because they can't inspire other people if they're not inspired themselves. I truly believe that. And so I've been working with the current project managers on my team now on all of this. How do you cast visions of a project? How do you get the team to know that there's something bigger and how this is contributing to society? How do you go home each day knowing that you contributed to society no matter what you're doing? And I have this different mentality of things that I walk them through so that when we leave there, we leave knowing that we are a big, we are a part of a bigger picture and it's not just, um, you know, pushing paper. That was a good, uh, I didn't even have to, how to say it, but I, I like the, uh, motivating the different aspects of leadership versus management and following. Uh, I believe big fan of studying kind of managers versus leaders, you know, managers push leaders pull. Mm-hmm. You you got to get the team. You got to manage them to some extent. There's deadlines. There's KPIs. There's CPIs. There's there's what your boss wants, but they're your team, and yep. you want them to want to come to work every day, mm-hmm. and you want them to be innovative and think about what they're doing on their projects. Absolutely. So you got to kind of pull them along and say, "Hey, this stuff works. You're doing a great job. How can I help? Let's let's be successful in this." Program management, it's funny because we talk about different positions. Project coordinators vary so much between industries. You say program management. Your program management is different than our program management. You like We'll run a program, but a project manager will run a program of a bunch of small projects. That's a program. Mm -hmm. You, you have like this over, like you're going to build a missile. That's the program. And you're going to have all these different people doing things within that program a bunch of mini projects. Yep. Um, so it's a little little different in that we don't have program managers. We just have project managers that run programs. So oh yeah, totally. 
Totally get it. Yep. And they 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 run all those mini projects as part of this overall. Like we do a lot of EV chargers where we work. We'll do roofing programs. So it's it's different. You're excited about your job, obviously. I can just see it in your face and then hear it in your voice. So we know the why. What about some of the uh, struggles you have? What what do you run into and what you do? So here here's the thing. So being that's a great question. Just like anybody, when you when you go into when you change positions, right? And you go from a program manager or project manager into a program, you know, there's a you always got that ceiling. Like it's like you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And so one of the biggest challenges I have is when um I'm my goal, my purpose now is to try to inspire action out of people and and teach them how to, you know, all of these lessons I've learned as a project manager so that they can be better project managers, right? And when you're in that role and you start bringing in new people who don't have that same skill set or background as you do, um, let's say that they're, you know, great at engineering, great at uh, coordination, but they lack certain, you know, they don't know how to build schedules or proper project management methodologies. Um, you have to train that and you have to put that into a system. And a lot of companies right now are lacking good project management systems, right? And so we expect people to come in with PMPs, things like that, so that they can speak the language. Uh, we look for people who've who've done project management, and I said that with quotations, like they've done it. Can they do it in our field? And so what we're finding out is that in our industry, we we heavily need a project management system that's really um, thorough because we're a job shop and we do things um, that are not specific all the time. Like we don't just build widget a a thousand times you know we get a very complex structure we get one shot to build it all and it has to meet and it's per design and we got to do it within a fixed budget sometimes it's time and material depends on the contract type and so there's complications around that that you need different levels of unique genius like you need people that when i put together a team i have to look and say what uniquely unified how can we build this complex structure together you know and so the biggest thing i've had is that and i was talking to you briefly about this you know before we kick this off is not stepping down and managing that for them. Like you see them struggling a little bit and you yep. want to get in there and help them. And you're like, look, I, I can easily just come in here. and But instead we have to mentor, right? We have to support them. And we have to, and I, and I, and I, I hate this terminology, but I'm going to say it, you know, you got to give them enough rope to almost hang themselves, but not quite. And you don't, <laughs> and you can't, and people say that. And it's like, we can't, Technically, I don't believe in that because I've 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 trialed by fire. I was brought up in project management. I literally stepped into project management because I watched six professionals fail at a company I was working for as their uh, warehouse. I was in their warehouse, um, and I did their rigging. I did a bunch of cool stuff for them, and I managed their whole warehouse facility and the production line. And I was watching these project managers, and they were bringing in top people, and they just couldn't get it together. And I was like, "You guys have it all wrong." And of course, I opened up my big mouth. And they said, we're going to, we're going to, you step up to the plate. You're going to talk. You're going to talk to talk, walk it. And they know me, they know what I'm capable of. And so they, they put me in there. Um, and I had to learn and I learned the hard way. And so, which I'm glad I found PMP. I'm serious. Like PMI. Mm. I, uh, I learned the hard way because I, I, I was then 18 hours a day trying to figure out what project management means, right? It's a different ball game, but I was, I'm driven and I was there to succeed. And so now I have all these lessons learned and I want to give that to people. And so I struggle with that. I do. I struggle with not helping them and getting in there and getting dirty, but I still do. I still jump in and help. And there's like that fine line between 
micromanaging. We talked a bit, a bit about this where, you know, people think, you know, well, what is micromanaging? Micromanaging is giving, in my opinion, is giving people like, um, you're either telling them to do a task and withholding information and then, and then going after them when they don't do it right. Like, oh, it's your fault. Like, I think that's kind of like a form of micromanaging. Um, because you want to step in and do it. So you don't give them all the information because you want to step in, but then you're also kind of a, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a little bit more commanding, or, you know, you, you just, you just constantly sit over the top of people, not trusting them and they never do anything right. So micromanaging is a pretty deep subject, but, um, leading and mentoring people is, is different. So I have to find them. I'm always working on that fine line between that. And that's been my biggest struggle is making sure that, because another thing we do as people is when we step into a position, this is, this is always interesting where we have to step outside of our comfort zone. We're going to learn, right? The world's dragging us along the world and we're all along or to learn and we're along for the ride. And all of a sudden it's like, oh man, this is hard. I'm learning new things. What if I go down here, I'm safe. And so you want to go down and back to your, your little comfort zone and go hide out and help people. And you're like, oh, well, let me come down here and help you for a minute. But really you have these obligations up here and you have to do different things. And so that fine balance of like, not slipping back to where you were maintain and creating new allies where you're at has been this cut this magical balance I'm that I'm working on as a program manager that is that is interesting. It's complicated. That's my biggest struggle. And I'm and I'd love for anybody as we're talking over time and all of us on LinkedIn are getting together, we should talk a lot more about that because I'm sure other people find that that transition hard. Oh yeah, I think I mean you see it in industries not just in ours, but you have an awesome salesperson. And you go, you know what, while you're kicking butt, we're going to make you a head sales manager. And now you're going to manage all these people, these other, because we want you to get these guys good as you. And they fail. Yeah. Because that's not their, that's not their jam. Their jam is sales. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I don't know how to tell these guys that they don't think the same way I think. And it doesn't work out. And And I've seen it in the project management world as well. It's when you transition from a project manager into a project, a team lead or a, a project manager, maybe a program manager where you're managing mm -hmm. all these other ones, it is tough when you Art. see people struggling, you go, well, I want to help them. And then sometimes like we were talking about it earlier. I'm just going to do it this time. I'm going to do it for you this time, but next time you're going to have to work your way through it. And I think a lot of it depends on what pressures you're under, what your schedule is like. Mm -hmm. Because we, we've had people that struggle with technology and they come in and you show them something a couple times and they still don't get it. And it's like, oh, we, okay, this should have been done in three days. It's already been a week and a half. I'm just going to go do it. And the next time you got to get this, you got to figure this out. We'll talk about it some more, but you got to figure this out. But we got to get, we got to get it moving. So there's various levels of stepping in. I'm big. I like mentoring and coaching. I think uh, the biggest thing is what's the why, you know, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you supposed to do this task? Do you don't know? Then how are you going to really execute it? Right. Cause if someone says, Oh, this is so stupid. No, it's not because of X. Oh, okay. Now I get it. And now you're going to, you're going to, they're going to support you now. Yep. Now they know the why. It's all about that why doing it with what's you, what doing it. What's our intention? What's the why doing things with purpose? I, it's funny that you said that because people talk about this 
Um, you see it a lot on you know the internet, like you know, live with purpose, know your why. Seriously, everyone, know your why, live with purpose. When you do something, know the purpose why you're doing it because time is precious and you want to make sure that you're allocating your time and moments within time. You want managing it effectively. And you want to live with intention. You want to know that you're doing something that adds value to your life or other people and, and not just arbitrarily going through it because you don't get that back. You never get time back. Know your yes. why, know your purpose. It's important. So you you mentioned earlier about you know you getting your PMP. So going to PMIs, putting in all the hours. And, and one of the questions is we always ask is how do you keep up? with what's going on what's new or learn new things how do you approach that Ooh. okay reading lots of books and i love pmi and i love it because it's given us a common language that we can all use and they give us tons of information they're giving us everything right um i follow pmi i go there regularly i check it out i study up on it i get my pdus i continue my pmp um, courses. And I talk with project managers all the time within the industry. I'm out there talking to them. I'm part of the, uh, the PDX, you know, Portland chapter, uh, for PMI. Um, I go to the symposiums and all the different things for project management. I, I've worked with people on earned value management. I'm constantly learning new methods, uh, within project management as much as I can from courses on Udemy, um, just wherever I can. I'm always, I'm all, I am hungry for knowledge, but more importantly, things I can apply right now to better the people, the environment, myself, everything around me. I'm hungry for that. And so I, I seek it out in all different avenues. The, the internet's wonderful. If you can f- tailor your focus to knowing again, with purpose, what am I going for? What am I doing? What do I need it for? What's the outcome? And I go after it. I'm really big on that. Yeah, there's so many opportunities for for learning. Like you said, PMI, Udemy, LinkedIn. I have uh, and then books, reading. I'm an avid reader. Usually, love it. But lately, I'm a I'm an audio book reader. Yep, I have totally. a few paper books like John Connolly's book, and uh, I love it. I'm trying to think. There was another. There was a couple I bought recently that were paperbacks. I love Audible. When I walk in the morning, drive to work. I have, and I drive to sites all over the state, so I, I'm on the road a lot. I do that great source of uh, PDUs. Love it. And the thing is, we just I just did a podcast uh, posted this week on uh, PDUs. And one of the things I like about the Audible books is they already tell you how long it is. So it's uh, six hours, six PDUs. I know it right right there. Just great. boom. Um, Simple math. Yeah. But like LinkedIn, it, the thing is, the they... Let's say you apply for a, or not apply, but you sign up for a job uh, type position. You want to start tracking anybody that's posting for a program manager, say, and you start getting all these job alerts for, that's what it is, the LinkedIn job alerts. And then they start catering training for you. So they'll say, hey, oh yeah, I, I see you're looking for a program manager job. This class would be great for that. And I'll look at it and go, yeah, that is pretty good. I don't have time to take that right now, but I save it. And over time, you collect a heck of a library, and then you run into something. You're like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, let me go back to my library and see what kind of courses I have. Or someone will be struggling with something at work. I've done this multiple times. You know, they'll come in. They come from a different industry, 
And I go, well, I don't really know how to read plans because I never did this kind of work before. Really? Listen, I'm going to send you some LinkedIn courses. Talk about how plans are done, how you read them and all that. And you're like, oh, great. So much stuff out there. I love LinkedIn learning. Yeah, I I have way too many courses on there that I haven't taken yet that uh, when things slow down, I'm going to take some more. So go ahead. I was going to say, that's funny about going with, you know, really working with moving with purpose, right? Is that you get on LinkedIn learning and if you're hungry for knowledge and you flip it and you go, woo, on the screen, you see like every course possible. I want to be a scrum master, agile, iterative, hybrid, PMI, everything you can think of. One of the best courses, though, I recommend is Amy Edmonston did a really good course on psychological safety. Are you familiar with that? Uh, It sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that. You know what? She does this. It's like an hour long course that she does on how to really um, distinguish the difference between, you know, a fear based environment, failure and success within your teams and organizations that I found to be so valuable. So people should check it out. Uh, Amy Edmonston. Uh, psychological safety and it's on LinkedIn learning. So incredible because she really does give you good frameworks to understand um, those aspects and what kind of environment do you live? In, are you in and how can you make it better? It's 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 a great course. I'll I'll get a link to that. I'll throw it in the show notes so people will have it. Yeah, it's really good. When we spoke earlier, we talked about your various places you go and obviously PMI, LinkedIn, Udemy, Ace. We talked about Ace a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can you? run back through that again. Uh right, that's a scholarship program for for the youth and essentially what that is is it's architecture, engineering and construction and it's um it's a program where we get to go in there together and we're we're mentors and leaders and we we kick off what we do is we we assign a project, we get a bunch of kids together and we walk them through and we help them on their journey to figure out where they want to place in the world. Uh, on their career path, whether it be in architecture, construction, or engineering. And then we offer up a scholarship, you know, for people, they go in and everybody creates and they collaborate. There's 10 teams um, and we have to do this big presentation. So we take them through a project, the project life cycle, which is really fun, right? And I go there specifically for the project management aspect of it because um, around all of that is project management, right? You have to manage it. And so um, sometimes, you know, I want to make sure that people understand the power of project management and how useful it can be in your life. And so youth is they're coming up and they're going in. And I work with a lot of people who went to schools, engineers, and they're like, I don't want to do this. I work with a lot of people who go in and decided to be project managers and they stepped in and said, I don't want to do this. And so one of the cool things that I, part of my messaging and mentoring while I'm in this group is to help inspire people to find, again, we're going back to purpose, Right understanding what their their purpose is so that they they spend their time in the most valuable way in the way that adds the most valuable value to them um, on their career path because if they want to be an architect but they end up in you know structural engineering it's a long path right you have to circle back or if they go into it and they really want the variety of project management where they can dabble and do a lot of everything they want to be you know the the um and this is some of the kids are funny because you get in there and they're really, really creative. So they want to solve the problems, be strategic, big picture. And they, but they still want to know the details. And I'm like, in some instances, they don't want to be that just, you know, engineering down in the weeds, you know, tactical and technical. They want to be strategic and they want to be big picture. And so I helped them in these conversations actually, uh, you know, help identify that path. And so I love it. It's a great feeling. It's good for me. Good for them. And it helps impact the world, you know, at the starting level, because it's so important that we get 
great project managers, great passionate engineers and architects are in construction right now in the future because where we're going, we need everybody to be really on top of their game, right? We all need to be on top because things are getting more complex. The world is moving fast. And so we need to be able to move fast, think fast and do things at a faster rate, but still get a quality result. So I'm excited about training and trying to help people do that. Awesome. I'll share some information on that as well. Uh, one thing I was thinking when you were talking earlier about the various things you're into, I have a, a PM a project management mastermind group, and we do this. We were doing it this last year. We did every other week, and this year we're going to restructure it and do it on a monthly basis and going to change the whole format. Before, it was like a hot seat scenario. You come in and talk about something that's, that's going on in your life, and then people can counter and give advice. So this year, we're going to do a uh, a topic based. So some we're going to throw Ooh, out cool. some topics and then someone's going to, Hey, let's talk about risk. That won't last long. I don't know how many people are excited about risk, but you go, all right. So when you show up, uh, let's talk about risk. You know, what, what made you come up with that topic and just go around and get a bunch of people talking through it. So I'll give you some information. I need to rewrite the website for it, but uh, I'm kind of excited for where it's going to go this year. That's incredible. Yeah. Let me know how I can support what you do, why you do it, how you keep up, what your challenges are, the exciting part. Did you know? You got a good did you know? Did you know project management is hard? <laughs> did you know I have a recording studio in my living room? I do now because that was one of my initial notes. Did you know how I became a PM? No. Tell us. I was a floor sweeper. At a, at a facility in Salt Lake City. And I come from a, a long line of floor sweepers, just so you know. And um, I was actually taught, you know, production. I used to be a crane operator. And I, I did a lot of uh, heavy lifting, heavy machinery. And I was working for a company where they. I started out, I just needed a job because I was in a rock band. Okay, I went to SLC. I went to Salt Lake City to be a, a punk rocker. And I was having a fun time. And I was like, I got to get a job and I'm not going to go for the big job. I'm going to go for something intermediate so I can go rock and roll with the world. And I come from a background of operations and things like that. So I step into this, this facility and I'm looking around and I realize I have everything backwards, upside down. It's on fire. And I'm driven. And I was like, and I can't keep my big mouth shut. And so I was like, let me help you with some things. And so within the first year I worked there, I turned our whole production team around and I revamped the whole operations floor. While I was sweeping the floor, just so you everybody knows, I'm literally the the warehouse guy. And then they were like, we're going to offer you a really cool position. We want you to run the production line, right? Run the production team out there. And so it was warehouse manager slash production for a crane. It was a crane, overhead crane company. And so I started doing that, but it was mass chaos. Everything's on fire. We're running around. But I I had done so many things to make their throughput more efficient. The whole throughput of the place when it comes to our fabrication and everything, I, I increased the throughput and made it more efficient. And they were uh, really ecstatic, but then the project management team couldn't keep up. So we had six professionals in one year fail. And that turnover, anybody in project management knows when you're a small company and you're turning project managers out like hotcakes, you're having a bad time. Mm -hmm. So I opened up my big mouth and I said, hey, I can step in and do your project manager. And you know what else I did, Walt? You ready for this? And I'll be your production manager. Oh. I did a twofer. Um, that was dumb, but it was smart. 
same time. And so I stepped in there and it gave me an opportunity to really show what I was made of. And and I'll never regret it, but it goes out for a lot of those PMs out there um, who are wanting to make that transition. You know, I didn't have the PM knowledge. I didn't have the language, but I had the drive uh, and the determination to step up and see an opportunity and step in there knowing just, just taking the bet on myself. And it goes back to the power of self-belief. I believe if you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And I believed in myself and it came across. And, and when I was talking with them, that they gave me the opportunity. And it was, it took me a lot of work to, to get up to speed, but I, I embraced it and I rocked it. And so it was, uh, and from there I've went on to um, get my PMP. I've stepped into the nuclear industry and I was able to, I ran a very big robotics job and did an R&D for, uh, in the nuclear for a, what they call the AP 1000. It was this um, initiative we took on as a company where we were going to do something never done in the nuclear industry. And that was do a repeatable project of the modulars on a robotics line. And I was the project manager on that. And then we stepped into, and I stood up a GMD and I was a big part of a step re, um, initiating our government missile defense program within this company. And I stepped in there and I helped them with that. And then I went over to their commercial side, did a bunch of fun stuff there. And now I'm a program manager. So um, the did you know that you can do anything you put your mind to is very true. And if you believe in yourself and you put enough effort backed by your belief, you can do anything. And it's a common theme that people do not get out of high school and say, I want to be a project manager. Right. They go in all these different directions, architecture, engineering, yep. floor sweeping. And floor sweeping. what do you know? It, it happens. Rock and roll. So, yeah, yours was actually rock and roll and floor sweeping. Yeah. And look at you now. And you can do anything. I, I truly believe it's just about it's about listening intently around you and seizing opportunities, because if they arise and you're ready to take the opportunity, grab it. It's there. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking. It's been fun kind of following you on LinkedIn and uh, doing some exchanges there. It's been great. What else? What else? What else? I will send you some info on the mastermind once I get it edited. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, let me know what I can do to support you. That's great. I did a post today that I'd like to get. I don't know if you saw it on uh, what day in the life. Oh, I have not, but I'll check it out brainstorm this morning i was thinking i was eating breakfast and it's like i get people when i interview that say what's so what's the day in a life like if i take this job so i'm like oh i love that question that's a good question and explain to them what the pms do during the day and i'm like you know there's so many people that i've interviewed that are coordinators managers program managers project executives whatever, different industries, IT, medical, what if everybody just put just kind of a short summary of this is my, this is my week. This is kind of what I do on Monday. I don't want to do a day because Monday could be completely different than Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. But a week kind of give you a summary. I think it'd be good for other people to go, oh, so that's what a project manager does. I didn't know that. Check it out. And if you're interested in participating in that as a program manager, Oh, absolutely. I want to put together a summary and just, it's going to be kind of like a diary. Just everyone that gets the inputs, so I'm going to put it into a long, like a blog post. I'll put a mini post out on LinkedIn and share it. And people can go, hey, I'm interested in project management. Is there a couple on here that do that? Yeah. Oh, I'm in. So. Yeah, I'll check it out and, and definitely just count me in. Awesome. Yeah, I love well, anything that we can do to give people, you know, real information from the floor. You know, because we're on the ground floor, Walt. 
we're out there doing it. And so we want to be able to give people real information and we want to be honest about it and say, this is what we do. And if you want to come join us, come on. Come yeah, with absolutely. Us. It's scary when you're, you know, looking from the outside, I, see, I hear all this stuff, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's really something I want to do. So I, most people I've, uh, I've ran into, they, they end up going into project management. And once they do, they stay. I know very few people that have gone the other way, but it, it could depend on your industry because it's yeah. easy to get burnout. It uh, is. It, it is a hard job. It's not always, you know, butterflies Roses. and yeah, unicorns. Let me ask you one question. Well, before we before we get off here, what would be your one piece of advice to project managers that you would give them? One piece of advice. Wow, work on your communication. The biggest thing I see in success is. You got to be able to communicate. And this is one of those soft skills. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to, you got to have empathy. You got to listen. Mm-hmm. And then you got to know how to talk to your audience. And that's all about communication. I believe in over communicating, not, not taking the shortest route to get the message out. I'm not yeah. an FYI guy. I'm a listen. I wanted to let you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Oh. I don't get an email back going, can you clarify that? They're like, thank you. That's it. Done. I got everything I needed. Yep. So I think communication for a PM is super important. Yeah. And being direct and to the point. Yeah. Escalating quickly. Yep. It's good. You want to share one? You called me out. Yeah. I'm going to have to lean with you on communication. It's definitely knowing your audience and, and making sure you tailor your communication to that audience. It's very important. It's one of the most important things we can do. Learn how to articulate and learn how to um, watch our body language. So mm-hmm. communication in all forms, verbal and nonverbal, I would say is a big is a, is a super important as a PM. Indeed. Oh, which reminds me, God, we just keep going. I mentioned this on I think the last podcast. One of the things I want to work on, I want to do a post on filler words. Oh. And I have to say, you have done a fantastic job uh, so far. Um, um, hear that? Um, I don't know how many thousands of ums and ahs and ands and you knows I've mm-hmm. edited out over time. And until you sit there and you start listening, and it's you can be in a conversation, you may not notice it during a normal conversation, but if you're listening to someone talk, and sometimes community uh, project managers get up, and this is about communication too, they present, mm-hmm. and they can talk, they're gonna talk about the project, they're gonna talk about the schedule. And every two or three words, it's, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, it's like, oh my God, you're killing me here. I want to, I want to share some stuff on that. And I don't know if that's something you work with any of your, your project managers, but. Yep. We work on, we work on the, uh, so confidence delivery of your message and being really succinct and crisp. You get a lot of project managers especially when you're, let's say the engineering type, right? That that are way down in the technical and they have to go give a presentation to the CEO who needs three sentences. Literally, I just need to know the bottom line. Do we have a problem or do we not? They didn't tailor that audience and they go in there and they mouth, they techno babble all over them, right? And so I work a lot with them saying, it goes back to know your audience. You know, at this level, you need to, you, it basically, you take, you when you're, when they're talking to me, I want to know details because that's how I'm going to help them. And so you can come to me with details and we work on, but, but really come to me with the solutions, right? Bring solutions. Like we have a challenge. Here's our solutions. Here's the result we're after. And by the way, schedule, 
we need to hurry up, right? It's urgent, important, or we got some time, we need to work through it. And I work with them on how to do that because they'll come in and they'll tell you, and you work with this too, they'll, they're so far in the weeds, they'll tell you all kinds of things and you really don't, or they'll tell you 17 things at once and you're like, we got to stop and go back and start here, here, and here and break it up. So I work with them on that, trying to be really succinct and um, crisp and how to articulate themselves in a way that gets the message across quickly. Time is and important. That makes me think of two terms that I've used. One I learned from someone else, but uh, when I used to do project status reports, it was executive summary. It mm-hmm. was who's the big guys, the big girls. You know, they're they're super busy. They want to read one paragraph and know where we're at. If they want more detail, they can go down into the weeds, into the bullets, yeah. and the whatever. But yeah. executive summary and always a military guy I knew was like they use bluff, bottom line up front. Ooh. Put the stuff Ooh. right there. That is brilliant. Where's my pen? Bottom line up front. I love that. So get it, get it, get the basics out there so they can move on because they might be reading 10 project statuses. They want to know right away. Yeah. What's are we upside down? What are we doing? You know, that's we this has got kind of stuff I think would be valuable in our post down the road or just to anybody's post when we're especially us because we're 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 we've been doing this a while is offering this kind of stuff to the project managers out there. I mean, I know I talk a lot more about emotional intelligence, you know, and, and I go into some project management tech, you know, technical stuff, but really how to communicate to executive leadership, that'd be powerful for a lot of people to truly figure out a way to say that where people can get the point, you know, in a LinkedIn would be nice. Yeah. I know we, uh, on our team, there are certain people that are trusted to have a meeting with executive leadership. And there's certain people are like, uh, uh-uh, no, give your information to them and they will go present it. Um, and it's just, some people have it. Some yeah, people some don't. Pe- some people don't. I got a few that, that, the our CEO likes to, likes to hang out. Mm. Billion dollar corporation. He likes to hang out and some of the PMs get super nervous and they get tongue tied. And it's almost like he feeds on it and he'll kind of jab at him a little bit. And we're always like, we're always telling me, just like, you got to stop it. Stop doing that because he'll show up randomly to a meeting that's, you know, the lower level. He's like six tiers down randomly in the meeting. And then he wants to talk about it and people aren't prepared and it puts him sideways. So I I, I wish we had that filter sometimes because he just likes to jump in and out and weave around. And so he, you know, some of those PMs that shouldn't be talking to him, he finds himself in their room and he makes them pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not a good result. Work on your communication skills at all levels. All levels. Be ready. Wait, one thing. One thing I tell project managers, prepare, 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 prepare. Always. No matter what, prepare. That reminds me of another thing. Uh, Actually, I posted this a while back. I did an episode with a senior critical project manager last year, and it was about being a good Boy Scout, Girl Scout, Mm -hmm. being prepared. Don't be the PM that's always late, the PM that doesn't have the documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the PM's like, I don't know, I'll have to follow up. I mean, that's fine if you do that occasionally, but when you show up for a meeting, you should know what it is you're talking about. Was that a was that a post? It was a post that I did with a link to okay. uh, an actual podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, we did things like, what do you carry around in your laptop bag? You know, the kind of things. What kind of safety gear do you carry? Do you carry spares? How do you plan your trips? How do you plan your meetings? 
It's like all that stuff. You show up with a laptop bag. I have every kind of technological adapter in the world so that if I sit down and they don't have the same cable, I have an adapter. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah. So that's being prepared. Do you uh do you have issues with people knowing how to run meetings? Some. I mean, especially when they're new. And if it's a new environment, they're not sure how the meetings are ran here. Like, you know, meetings are ran differently there. One of the big things in our culture is safety. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I would yep. imagine in aerospace it's going to be big too. Huge. Every meeting starts out with what we call level one. Mm-hmm. And there's like four or five key things you got to go through. And uh, I know some people that like when they first start, they're like, they freak out and they'll go, well, you know, everybody be safe. And uh, uh, if we leave and I'm like, all right, I'll get it from here. <laughs> but, you know, you walk, okay, this is how we're going to leave the building. This is who's going to call 911. This is whatever. Uh, so there's how the meetings are ran. And then some are better at just casually talking, but they get up in front of a room and they just block up. They don't know how to spit it out. Yeah, I've been there. I think Teams is good. I think um, I don't think it's as intimidating. Right. I did hear something I never really thought about is uh, they say some people get a little freaked out because of they get to see themselves. So they see what they're doing and they see how they look. And I'm like, I when people ask me if I do video and I mean, I'm doing video with you right now, but it's just so right. we can kind of see each other's facial expressions. And if I said something and you rolled your eyes, I'd be like, ah, it didn't go over well. Um, but I said, I, listen, I have a, I have a face for radio. I am all about the voice. I don't need my, my mug posted out there, but I I think the technology challenges over the last couple of years have been really interesting. I think it's really expanded our capabilities. One of the, one of the things I ran into with that was, um, my company, people never turned on their cameras and me and one of my pro, one of my, uh, peers, we decided that we show up to every meeting with our cameras on because we wanted people to feel comfortable doing it. And it took a long time for it to catch on. Some people did, some people didn't, but it, I, I really felt like I lost a lot of connection when I'd go into a, you know, a team, a room of seven or eight people. And it was all just the, you know, the, the icon. Um, and you're trying to talk and really get a feel because you can't feel how they're, you can listen. Like I've, I'm, I got a great ear and I could listen to, I could listen to if they, how they were feeling. And I get to, and I know these people personally. So I know I'm like, there's something off. And then I, and then you know that, you know, Hey, are we throttling too hard? Are we putting too much pressure? Are they stressed? You can feel a lot, but being able to see is so powerful in the ver in the verbal communication aspect, right? The, the, the verbal nonverbal, I go back to that so many times we're talking about communication. It's one of the things that it really hurt me during COVID was like, I didn't have my, my visuals and trying to get people so we could see how they were really doing. Yeah, or if they're think, in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, isn't that the same shirt you've worn every team's meeting? Well, yeah, keep it right here. And I put it on yeah. before the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to show you what I'm not wearing when I'm not wearing this shirt? <laughs> anyway, Walt, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I had a good time. I'll reach out when I get this posted. And for everyone else, thank you for listening to the current episode of PM Mastery. Love it. Yeah. Thank cool. you, everyone. Thanks, Walt. Thanks for listening to the PM Mastery podcast at www.pm-mastery.com. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player. Until next time, keep working on your craft.